Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. All righty. Welcome, everyone. We are back for another edition of Dairyland Talk. I'm Brandon, along with Gage and Adam. We left off last time heading into their matchup against the Seattle Seahawks. We took a week off um, given the holidays. So let's get in to what happened in Seattle. The Packers, again, cannot come away with a win on the road. They're 0-5. Um Held Russell Wilson in check, but Seattle still had a pretty good day rushing the ball, 173 yards on the day. Um, but I felt the deep strong performance. Um, what did you guys see out of uh, Mike Pettin's group? Uh, I mean, defensively, I liked what was going on in the first half. I, I think I think only they gave up 17 points in the first, and then. Um, it's kind of the story of the season. On you know, the second half, the defense has been better than in the first, and it showed, but it's just the offense only scored three points. So in terms of Pettin's group on that side of the ball, I would I would say in the second half they did their job, 10 points allowed. Um, yeah, you'd like to see a little less than 17 in the first, but you can't complain. You give up 27 points, and you have an offense led by Aaron Rodgers. Theoretically, you should win, but it's the story of the season with the Packers' offense. Just it, It's just stagnant. Um, Chris, I think it was Chris Sims. On uh, the pregame show before the Minnesota, which we'll touch on later on, he said, you look at this Packer offense and it's first grade math. And it's it's true. It's sad, but it's true. Um, you have to be brutally honest with that. So the offense is what's letting the team down. Um, in terms of pet inside of things, I was impressed with what the defense did in the second half. Um, I, I, I can't really, I can't really say much else. Uh, the defense for the most part, like Jair Alexander continues to be one of the best corners this season, arguably the best, like definitely in the defensive rookie of the year conversation. Uh, just love the plays that he's making. Um, he get, did get taken advantage of a little bit, a, cu- a couple times uh, against the, against the Seahawks, but he was, he had pretty good coverage. Um, one thing, I mean, and then there's, uh, Josh Jackson, the rookie season is taking like taking its toll on him. Uh, rookie corners generally come along a little slower, and Jackson's definitely in that curve. Ideally, you would have you wouldn't have him starting, 
on um, on a th- in a primetime game. You'd have him as your third or fourth corner, but um, just due to injuries, that's not possible. Um, I love his athleticism and his playmaking ability, but he just needs to he just needs to grow more. Um, the the offense was just it was disheartening because it was more of the same. Like every time that we think that they're going to do the, what they're supposed to do, either give Aaron Jones the ball more, uh, scheme more for the receivers to get them open, use their playmakers in space, then they do that for a quarter, then they stop doing that, and then they generate three points in the second half and lose again. Um, so, but at the, but the, at the end of the day, it's just, it's getting just stagnant. And it seems like every single game is the same. And every time I turn it on, I'm just like, okay, what's going to be the one thing I'm going to see that's going to be new. And then everything's going to be the exact same. It's like the well, same record playing over and over. Yeah. Well, for one, the offense cannot convert a third down to save their life. So the defense is always playing at least 15 more snaps on you know than the offense like it's just gotten kind of ridiculous by the end of the game the defense is just completely worn out and i don't want all the injuries go ahead good no you're good um to me the game doesn't come down to this but it was what was it fourth and three with a few minutes left in the game right you know mccarthy sent out scott like fourth and two ish yeah it was short that to me made the game. I actually got up and went into my room with still two minutes left because as soon as they punted that ball, I'm, I'm a pessimist, but even still, I knew the game was over. You have to go for it, which is going to bring us into later on when we talk about McCarthy and Rodgers. McCarthy has to call a play there. You can't punt the ball down by three points with only a couple timeouts in the two minutes and expect to have a, a real good shot to win. You have to go for it there and, and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, because I I completely agree. If he if we go if they go for it and don't convert, it doesn't matter. Like I saw the analytics during the Vikings game of this was the percentage chance to win. Whatever. If they go for it and fail and lose, it still looks way better than punting and Aaron Rodgers finishing holding his helmet rather than finishing with his helmet on, like usual. Uh, yeah, as we've seen far too many times over the last decade. Well, yeah, to me, yeah, down to that play, but it's definitely a huge factor in the game. Yeah, to me, McCarthy was still kind of coaching scared during that Seattle game, which was obvious by his choice not to go for it on fourth down. I really, I mean, and in the moment, I didn't blame him, but then looking back, I mean, the defense was just crippled. I mean, I believe what Bryce Breland and Raven Green had all exited the Seattle game by that point, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. N- yeah. Nick Perry, I'm pretty sure. Wait, no, Nick Perry didn't even play. Yeah, he got hurt the game before that and didn't even make the trip to Seattle. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. But yeah, yeah, so, I mean, our defense, so the Packers' defense is just as banged up, and it, it only got worse throughout that Seattle game and presumably against the Vikings, too. Everyone was going down. Everyone was dropping like flies. But still, that Seattle game, um, I think it was you, Gage, that said it was just disheartening. Just all this, The second half all around was disheartening, minus the defense. But even still, you know, three points in one half. It's, looking back on the numbers, Aaron Jones got 11 total touches that game. And he, he started off hot. He had a nice run on the first possession. And then from there, it was nothing. So, it, again, just like everything else we've talked about, it's more of the same with this. And I'm tired of having our conversations like this. 
saying how <laughs> why isn't Jones getting the ball more? We shouldn't be talking like this. Yeah, um, I mean, not much else to say. Like at the end of the day, uh, I mean, they lost. Like it, it, they lost. It's been two weeks. It's just it's frustrating stuff, and we're just gonna get more frustrated if we talk about it. I think we should move on to the Vikings game, which was just another great, uh, frustrating game. It was awesome. It was great to watch. Yeah, <laughs> I'm right there with you with the sarcasm, my friend. Oh yeah, was it was it that obvious? I walked on there uh, watching the game with my buddy, who's a Vikings fan, which made it all the worse for me. Same thing. Oh, I mean, yeah. I got to the point where I had to get up and just walk away because I'm just so fed up with it at this point. Right. That. That game was literally every game this season pretty much rolled up in the 60 minutes. Like, the offense stagnating, the defense letting you down in critical moments. I mean, it had everything. The turnover on special teams, Tremont Williams muffing the punt. I mean, oh, my God. Like, I couldn't know what that was. Everything that could have went wrong at one point went wrong. It seemed like the whole second. And it's another game, three points in the second half. So you telling me in 60 minutes of second-half football over the last two games, the Packers have six points. Uh, bluntly, that's pathetic. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, especially when you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, you just – you got to have more than that. It's just – and everyone's like, oh, and now, now is Rodgers making mistakes either like that pass to Adams in the end zone where he just overthrew him just a little bit, just enough, or the missing Adams down the sideline. Or everything else, because there that was those are two plays where they left fourteen points on the board, just because they can't connect there. Your number, like if you can't, like if Rodgers isn't throwing to anybody else, he has to make those throws. Oh, those are throws that he has to make. Agreed. I'm happy you brought up the Adams play because even though people will look back at that and say, "All right, it probably wouldn't have made a difference," that that's a scary play because us three know watching Rodgers over the years. That's a throw he connects on nine out of ten times with ease. I mean, Adams, he was, in the grand scheme of things, was wide open on that play. You know what I mean? His guy was a good five yards off him. Rodgers hits that more times than not. So that's concerning for me to see. Uh, He missed two – there was two different plays that are touchdowns that he missed. The one at the end of the game. Um, oh yeah, no that one. He, if you uh, have you seen the the clip of Adams torching that defender? Oh yeah, he leaves him just standing still. Because Adams does, he's one of the best at doing that one on ones, just shaking guys off of him. You have to hit him on that play. I don't care what the score is, how much time is left. At least get some confidence back in you. But then when you miss, the confidence gets sucked out more than it already was. Well, what's so incredibly frustrating is how wasn't it on the first touchdown Rodgers made that gorgeous back shoulder throw where it's the transition throw where the cornerbacks hasn't got turned around yet and the ball's already arrived to Devontae. And then later in the game, he misses such a such an easy, easy throw. Well, what seems easy for what he's been capable of. Yeah, no, that, that first touchdown, that was absolutely beautiful. And that's vintage Rodgers and Adams right there. I mean, that, that's almost automatic. It's like the old Rodgers and Jordy. And you look back and when has Rodgers ever missed Jordy on plays like the, one of the, like towards the end of the game with Devontae? He hasn't. So it's either it's either there's a lack of chemistry, which there shouldn't be, because that's Devontae Adams who's been playing with Rodgers for five years or so. There shouldn't be a lack of chemistry. You could understand it maybe if it's Scantling or EQ or more, one of the younger guys. But that's a throw that, regardless of the receiver, that should be made. I, I don't know what's going on. if Because it, it's not all coaching. 
you know, we've heard Rodgers, he's having a great year, but it's still one of his worst at the same time. It's just an awkward season, and it's hard to find the answer. One thing that's kind of confused me about, like, just this team in general is what has kind of happened to the team's ability to generate turnovers. Like, I I don't know if you guys realize. So, Green Bay is, z- is at a zero for the season in, like, plus my in turnover differential. Mm-hmm. I know this doesn't really have a whole lot to like with what we were talking about, but it kind of brought me back. So Rodgers has one interception on the season. So he's minus one. That means, so there's, so obviously they have at least one interception and then they have all these like turnovers. Like when the defense was good, they were generating a ton of turnovers. When like, when this offense is playing with multiple possessions because the defense is helping them out, like the defense is being is being doing a good job of generating, uh, like generating like stops, way more so in, than in years past. But they're not generating those. Like they're making it to where Green Bay has to drive the length of the field, and I don't know if that's like affecting the offense because they're feeling like they have to do more. And McCarthy doesn't is like McCarthy is scared to like go big. Because he he is playing scared, or he's coaching scared in every single week. And bringing up the length of the field point that you just made, I wish I had a number here. And after we get off of here, I might look up uh, if I could if I can. But it just it seems like every time I turn around, the Packers are starting their drive inside of the ten. And I mean, you're spot on with that. <laughs> and then it's like the defense, uh, their opponents are starting in the 30, 25 range. So I I want to go somewhere to find out like our where uh our average field position to start a drive because it, it honest to God feels like it's inside of the 10 almost every time, which for a struggling offense. Oh, geez. Watch out. That's not good. So, um, I can't tell you, let's see. Um, uh, the Packers average drive length is 34 yards, which puts them right in the middle of the pack in the NFL. Actually, no, it actually puts them in kind of the, what is that, like 12th, 12th rank or, or so. Okay. Um, upper half, what I'm, man. But even, yeah, I mean, they're like, in the upper half. Where they're starting. Like they, because, yeah, but, you 34 yards of drive, but if you're starting inside of the 10, you're not even breaking midfield. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I'm sitting here, I'm trying to – you guys can keep talking. I'm going to go ahead and see if I can figure out where this, uh, where this is yeah, here. If you can find where they start their drives because, I mean – Close to 35 yards of drive. If you're starting up around the 30, you know, that's good. You, you have shot for at least field goals uh, each time down. But, I, I mean, I just – every game it feels like we lose the field position battle, whether it's with special teams or just offense stalling out at awful parts of the field. It's, it's they, just a, No, I, they for sure do. They for sure, like, definitely lose the field position battle pretty much every week. But real quick, I just wanted to comment on the defense. Like, I'm I'm having trouble pinning it on Pettin. I mean, Pettin has done a great job with what he's had to work with. He's not really able to generate a consistent pass rush, even though it's not from a lack of effort. I mean, even against Minnesota, he, he blitzed safeties. He blitzed from the slot as much as he could, and it only resulted in two sacks on Kirk. Um and that's the most frustrating part of it, too, because just the times where the defense was so close to getting a hand on Kirk, he made them pay every time. You know, on third downs, he, he had all the time in the world in the pocket, and as soon as someone would break free, they were a second too late. And, yeah, you could look and say, oh, they were close to the quarterback. Yeah, but it took them six seconds to get there, and they were a second too late. 
That's not good. And then, but it's not good. And another another thing that's kind of taken advantage of this team has the past few years has been those quick hitting plays where which is something that I advocated the Packers should go to with their offense is those quick hitting plays. Like when they tore Chicago in that second half when Rodgers was normally holding the ball for less than two seconds at a time. Like at that ended the the game against the Vikings was that Stephon Diggs play. You could stop watch it. I'm pretty sure it was the from the time that Cousins had the ball to the time he released it was like under a second and a half. Yeah. And, and those are the plays that ESPN loves to break down on Rodgers, that he's supposedly, you know, the god of getting rid of the ball in under three seconds, how hard it is. Well, I mean, if, if he's not getting the play call to him, you know, what good is it? He, and he can't sit there in the pocket because he doesn't have the receiving core to break loose and just play – as they used to call it playground football anymore. When he had James Jones out there and Jordy and Devontae, Donald, all those guys, if Rodgers is escaping the pocket, each of those guys knew what to do. And it seems like right now only Devontae knows how to play playground football and just, you know, when the play breaks down just to get open. He's the only one out there that looks comfortable yeah, doing that. Exactly, because Equinemius St. Brown and Marquez Valdez Scantling aren't I mean, being able to play this do the scramble drill takes takes um you know it just takes time to get vet- used to it like you have yeah, to that's something takes, that like takes a, you yeah, yeah, it just takes a veteran's mentality really honestly because you have to be able to gel with rogers and know his tendencies especially when he escapes the pocket which i mean over time they should pick up on i mean you got three receivers that have four-year rookie contracts adams just signed uh extension so you're going to have a core four there for a while. We don't know Cobb's future, but even still, he doesn't. he's not out there. He's hurt. And when he is out there, how much productivity is there? So I love that uh, Scantling's out there now. I love that EQ's getting burned because those guys are the future of this receiving core. They certainly are, but at the moment, it's just, for me, it's really causing Rodgers to be uncomfortable on top of his offensive line being shaky it's pretty banged up right now but he doesn't have the chemistry or the trust there with the young guys um but yeah that'll obviously get better over time then get the ball out of his hands i i i I know it's not that easy but just get the ball out of his hands get like if they if they get rid of it faster he believe it or not he won't get hit or he won't get hit as much against chicago in the second half i'm pretty sure he got hit a total of like three times because the ball wasn't in his hand anymore. And look what happened. They put up like 20 points and it seemed like two minutes. It was nuts. I agree. They have, they have the talent to have big plays. Scantling is faster than lightning. Devontae, like we were talking about earlier, great with one-on-ones and making guys and shaking guys off of him. But just when Rogers is sitting back in the pocket for three, four seconds and those guys are covered, it goes back to playground. I mean, they don't know how to shake off their guys and, Hopefully over time it comes, but yeah, no, as of right now, it's just not happening. So I agree. They, they need to go to, surprisingly, an even simpler playbook. Like this one isn't already chalk enough. Uh, just so, something else has to change. So do you guys put it, the offensive struggles, are y'all putting it more on Rodgers or are you putting it more on McCarthy? Personally, I think I have it at about 50-50 split. Yeah, I was going to say it's about, for me, it's 60-40 McCarthy, because at the end of the day, it's his team. He's the one calling the plays. He's the head coach. Rodgers, 
he, because of some of the play calls and because of these young receivers, he's forced to have all these throwaways. Um, and like we said, his numbers are great this year. I, I, one interception, 20 something touchdowns. Um, QBR is pretty solid, but the pass, but the um, completion percentage is down because of these throwaways, which isn't entirely his fault. Um, I, I, I think it's more McCarthy, McCarthy just because he fails to want to adapt to the new age of football. Yeah, he was so successful for that six, seven, eight year stretch because the game hasn't evolved yet. You're in today's game where you need an offense like what the Chiefs have. You need just you need plays that can get you big yardage. You know, when the Patriots ran those two fake plays against us, when have you ever seen the Packers run a play like that? There's nothing like that in the playbook that'll get defenses slipping, and that's what we're lacking. So I would say sixty percent in my eyes is on McCarthy. I would put so I would put the majority on uh, McCarthy. Uh, I I think that Rogers, a lot of Rogers' struggles are tied to McCarthy and the way that he calls the offense. To where I don't think Rogers has a lot of faith in it now. Bingo. I now I, I'm not bailing Rogers out. I'm not saying that he hasn't made mistakes this season because that is a blatant that is a lie. He's made plenty of mistakes this year. Um, uh, but the, the majority of it goes to McCarthy. Some, a lot of his play calling just doesn't make sense. The fact that Aaron Jones has one game this season with over 20 touches and it took till week 12 for it to happen is unacceptable. Um, I think that you got to get these rookie rece- you got to get these rookie receivers in space. I know that they're not as good as Tyreek Hill, but are you telling me that Marquez Valdez Scantling can't do similar things? Exactly. He's He's taller than Tyreek Hill. He he's not. He might not be as fast, but he's t- he's taller. He's very fast. He can do a lot. You're telling me that you can't do something with that? Um, it's just you gotta like that's. It's just you have to put your best players in a chance or in a position to succeed. If you don't do that, then you're gonna end up with seasons like this. Also, I did find out the. Average drive starting position. The Packers actually own the one, two, three, four. The, does that say is that the fifth best? Drive, oh, drives average against. Never mind. Hold on. Hold on. They have the fifth the worst drive starting against. If they're fifth there, then their opponents. You, you know, it's it's the field position battle. They're losing it. I gotta find. I, I gotta. I found the wrong one. Son so of a fish. That's where their opponents are starting, right? Uh, that yeah, that's their opponents. Their opponents start with the fifth best field position in the NFL. There we go. <laughs> we didn't even need to look up the numbers before any of us knew, and now we just got the confirmation. Just, you yeah, can watch. that was that was just confirmation. Um, but I agree. I wish we schemed more to get the young guys open underneath because they are tremendously fast and they are great playmakers with the ball in their hands. And it's just kind of a de facto that most of the blame goes on McCarthy. But let's not forget how much freedom Rodgers has at the line of scrimmage to make his checks, adjust the adjust the play, adjust routes. Um, you know, McCarthy can call the play in, but Rodgers has the most freedom probably in the NFL at the line of scrimmage outside of Brady. I think Drew Brees has probably got a pr- lot of a lot of freedom at the line yeah. of scrimmage. Like Sean Payton, obviously, is going to put them in just about any, just about the best situation, no matter what, just because of his like he's such a great offensive mind. 
but he, I guarantee if Breeze sees something at the line of scrimmage where he's like, you know what, I don't want to go with that, he can he can do that. Also, Rodgers has the 28th ranked true completion percentage, which accounts for throwaways and drops. Nice. He actually has the 45th red zone completion percentage. That's the other thing, red zone drives. I mean, I, I this is another thing where I'm just going to go off the top of my head from a season standpoint of what I've seen. I feel like inside the red zone, the Packers have more field goals than touchdowns by far. They they do. They they do. I don't know the exact number, but I know that you're right. Yeah, it's it's just crazy. I'm four, six, and one at this point in the season when probably most of us were thinking, you know, maybe seven and four, eight and three. Yeah, the schedule is pretty favorable favorable for it to be that way. And I mean, while we're on the topic of McCarthy and Rodgers, I saw an article the other uh, I think it was actually yesterday or this morning. It said uh, it was the grass isn't always greener on the other side. So what they're trying to say is to keep McCarthy around and that if the Packers go elsewhere, it'd probably be a disaster. I don't know. That's where it gets tough because McCarthy has been there for so long to where we're accustomed to what he does. And yeah, he has success as a head NFL coach, but over the last two years, yes, last year, you're missing your star quarterback. Yes. This year, a lot of pieces on defense have gotten hurt, but still when you have Aaron Rodgers this year, it's going to be looked upon a lot harder than last year. Because in my eyes, they're doing worse than they were last year. At least last year, they were staying competitive without Rodgers for the most part. Now it just seems like no one has trust in each other. And once they're down in the fourth quarter, it's like game over. So I'm not, I'm not sure after this season, Goot is going to have a lot to think about with what he wants to do with McCarthy. Well, Goot actually does not have the pl- has the final say on that. That is a Mark Murphy decision. And yeah, exactly. I think, just the whole, I think the whole general front office, because there's such a relationship there, but even still, I think they have to look at it and say it's not working right now. And like, I think McCarthy can yeah. be a good coach in the NFL. Sorry. Uh, I, I think he can be a good coach in the NFL again. Um, Peter Bukowski or Peter Bukowski and Jason Hershorn talked about it on the uh, on the Acme pa- or on the Lockdown Packers podcast, but I think he can be a good coach. I just don't think he can be the coach on this team anymore. I just don't think it's going to work. I think that's it. I don't. I just don't think he could be here. Go somewhere else. I think the Packers just they need a new brand of football in here. True. Maybe they do need someone to challenge Rodgers a little more, or to try and open up, uh, you know, his level of thinking or his approach. Maybe McCarthy's message has gone a little stale. It's falling on death. Deaf ears. Um, I'm not really sure. It seems like the morale is pretty low, but then again, it's kind of desperate right now. They really want to win, um, and they have a great chance to get back in the win column on Sunday. They take on the Cardinals. Finally, another one o'clock game. Finally. What are you guys going to be watching for in that game? Aaron Jones getting the ball. This is the game to make it happen against a not very good Arizona Cardinals team. This should be where Mike McCarthy hands the ball off to Jones more times than he has. I think he should be getting up around 25 touches this game. And if he doesn't, I'm sure next week I'll voice my displeasures, but that's what I'll be looking for. I, of course, I want to see Aaron Jones get the ball more, but I want to see this gener- this defense generate at least one turnover. Josh Rosen has been super turnover prone this season. And if they can't generate turnovers against this team and generate pressure against this team, then it just further amplifies the struggles that this team are that this team has. They're like they are broken. Like they're a broken team 
that and like they need their galvanizing moment, but I don't even think a galvanizing moment is going to make them good again. Like, they need like this just everything's broken and there's something inside that's just needs fixed. I couldn't agree more with that. That, that was well said. That's spot on. Packers average drive start is their own 28-yard line, which ranks 14th in the NFL. It only took me 20 minutes to find it. <laughs> All right, so not as bad as we thought, but, you know, still. Right in the middle of the pack on that one. Yep. But, um, so, anyway, so we're so we're on to the Cardinals. We got, we got what we're looking for. What are – what is something that can happen this week that you officially phone in the season besides just losing? Like – because if the pa- like the Packers have a very minuscule shot at making the playoffs and a very even lesser chance of winning anything. But what can happen this week besides just losing that tells you, yes, this team, the way it is right now, is just it's it's not gonna work. You can't just put a new head coach on it and fix it. What what could happen? Like Larry well, Fitzgerald going off for three hundred yards or blah blah blah. I definitely don't see that just because I don't think Josh Rosen is capable of that yet. But for me, it would probably be an injury to the on the offensive line or Randall Cobb failing to contribute after he's been out this whole time. He said he hasn't felt this good in a while. That's what he said today. He said he believes, you know, Rodgers is ready to light everybody up this week because of what everybody's been saying. Um you know, I just want that to actually be done and not just said. Yeah, um, for me, I'm looking more at the Packers side of things, and I'm looking more at body language and uh, facial expressions. And, you know, going into, like, commercial breaks when the camera will pan to Rodgers and he's just got that look of disgust on his face, that's what I'm looking for. If it's a close game, and even if the Packers end up winning by a few points – and I see Rogers' face, just lack of confidence. If I see a look of disgust and disbelief in his face, I'm concerned. Because I've seen it enough this season, more than I think I have in his entire career put together. So if I see that face one more time against the Cardinals, <laughs> I, I, I think pack it in. I, uh, pack it in. It's funny. I like the pun. I'm right on the same page with you, Adam. I, I don't care if... Like, I wrote about this last week Well, while I was on drugs. Thank you, surgery. Yeah, um, but I wrote about this last week about how the Packers are broken and how they need to alter their expectations. And a lot of, and a lot of people that I interacted with on Reddit and Twitter and various other places said they so they need to be okay with just, like, not making the playoffs or, like, they need to lower expectations. And my expectation – and more of it was just having fun. That's something that that's why Brett Favre will always be my favorite player in any sport ever because he had fun. At the end of the day, these guys are getting paid hundreds or are getting paid millions of dollars to play a game. They they yes, they work throughout the week, but they're at the end of the day, they're getting to play an hour of football for millions of dollars and they can't even have fun doing it. I'm not saying you need to have fun while losing. I hate losing. I'm a super competitive person. You can ask anybody I know. My competitiveness is extremely – it's a little over the top. But 
you, I can still have fun when I'm playing the game. And Rodgers and no, nobody on this team ever looks like they're having fun other than Jair Alexander. He always looks like he's having fun. That's why and I he should because he's playing super well. He is. I think Jair is the savior in that defense. He, he just, brings the charisma. That's what they need. He, he just needs to catch on to the whole team now. Like, I don't care. Raven Green had a little bit of that, too, when he was having that game against uh, Seattle. When he was playing really well, he was really he was really lighting it up, really having fun. I think that's what they need to do. Whether Even if they, like, I don't care if they win by one point with a field goal at the buzzer. I don't care. I just want to see this team have fun again because it's not fun to watch a team every single week. There's a reason that I'm not a Patriots fan. I don't have I don't have fun watching a bunch of stone faced people play play football and then go home and we, like yeah you won congratulations you guys are the most dominant dynasty team over the past two decades but they're not but you guys they're not having fun I want to see them have fun again because at the end of the day it's about it's a game that's about having fun and I think that's when this defense or when this team plays at its best have you I don't know if you guys have ever been to Lambo at all or ever been yeah. around for a game. One the greatest weekend of my life. Who, uh, what uh, what game do you remember? Or obviously remember oh, yeah. what game was it? Uh, twenty fourteen against the Eagles in a fifty six to I believe twenty seven win. It was okay. throwback. And let me guess, the whole stadium was rocking the whole time. What oh, weren't they? My man, <laughs> it was. It was exactly when I've been to I think four games in my life. I've been very I've been very blessed to go see this team went. I got to see them open up the season against the Saints after they won the Super Bowl. Um, I got to see them blow out the Bills in like 2012. Um, I've gotten to see them blow out the Titans on Christmas. I've gotten to see all sorts of games. and, and I, or I've seen four games. Three of them they won. One of them they lost. It was the game against the Vikings at the end of the season a couple years ago. At the end of the day, when those when the team is having fun and the stadium's rocking, because the Packers fans travel well, it doesn't matter where you go. That's why teams never want to give up an away game by going to London to play the Packers because they know they're going to sell out because Packer fans travel so well. No matter where they're at, the fans are going to show up. They and the fans want to have fun, but they can't have fun when the team just looks pissed off for sixty minutes. They got to come out and just just have fun. Like I. I this is going to sound terrible. Do I want them to win? Of course. But if they lose and they have fun, I don't care. I am okay with that because that shows some positivity in a season that has been filled with just pure negative anger for everybody. For, for everybody. <laughs> when they come out and pissed, it pisses us off. It pisses us off at home or at the game. Um, just real quick, though, uh, you brought up the expectation portion of like what people were saying um, about the low expectations. And it's funny because I think as Packer fans and the Packers themselves, I think they have the highest expectations of almost any team besides New England. Mm-hmm. You go to the playoffs eight straight years. You have arguably what everyone says the greatest quarterback one of to ever live. Your expectations are pretty high year in and year out. So anyone that thinks that our expectations are low. They need to listen to this podcast. They need to go on Twitter. They need to look at just Packer fans and just the, how miserable every one of us are this season. If that doesn't tell you how high expectations for the team are for us as fans year in and year out, I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you. I can definitely get on board with that. I want to see the team just play with some energy. I mean, 
let's let's not act like all hope is lost. But yeah, I'm definitely on board with you guys and that I want to see more energy. I want to see yeah, just more fun all around. I want to see a more lighthearted approach. Um, just leave it all out on the field. You know, it's a privilege for them to play for such a great organization. And when they step out on the Lambo, you're upholding greatness. You know, from all the legends that have played this game, you know, most of them, a lot of them have come through Lambo, And that's that definitely needs to be in the back of their mind. You know, there's no reason to get discouraged. You know, they get to play a great game for a living. Um, you know, and we are, we are, you know, privileged enough to watch it. Um, but yeah, let's just go ahead and wrap this up guys. Do you guys want to give a prediction for the game, uh, before we sign off? Mm. I, I honestly, the way that the team is going right now, I think it's going to be closer than what some people think. I am going to go Packers here because I mean, based on everything I believe in, in terms of football, they should win this game. Um, I'll say it's going to be 27 to 17. Uh, I'm I'm with you as well. I think the Packers are going to win. Um, I don't uh, the spread on ESPN right now is 14 points, which is very lofty. If I was betting, I would I would definitely be. I don't know that I would be taking the Packers to cover, like even at home. 14 it's a lot. Um, I think the Packers defense rolls a little bit this week. Um, they just Josh Rosen has been he's had eleven interceptions to only ten touchdowns this season. Christian Kirk and um, Larry Fitzgerald don't scare me that much. David Johnson I think can have a good game, um, especially with uh, all of the injuries up the middle of this Packers defense. Um, but I still think that the Packers come out of this game with a win. I see them winning somewhere in the realm of like 21 to 10. Like they might get lucky and Crosby hits a three hits a three-pointer to cover the spread, but I'm not I'm not sold. I'm an, I have them covering the spread <laughs> barely. I have I'm going to yeah. have it 28 to 13. Um Packers squeeze it out. I think the defense is going to have build some confidence going up against a rookie quarterback. Um they did well against Josh Allen. Um, and I think they're going to be able to rattle Josh Rosen as well. Um, but thank you everyone for listening again, and we will see you next week, hopefully in a better mood, um, and hopefully coming off a win. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.